0: Wake up and smell the
1: calamity. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell, a double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Welcome, everybody. I'm Gary Manson. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Happy weekend to you. Special weekend, Suzanne, coming up on Mom's Day tomorrow. And uh, we we have a special connection in that regard. Or should I say the ladies who gave birth to us have a special connection by way of irony. Our mothers. They're on, on December 2nd. Oh, uh, that's right. My mom's birthday is December 2nd. Proud Sagittarian. And in terms of your mother, that's uh, her passing day. Her passing day. That was her birthday in heaven. Yep. There. So uh, that's one of those things that, that we regard poignantly. And so we're going to put their pick. We're sorry they're not with you. We'd love to be able to hand them the flowers tomorrow, but not yet anyway. And uh, we're going to buy some flowers and put pictures up. Maybe you have a special way of celebrating Mother's Day yourself. I hope that your relationship was delightful, loving, mutually supportive, warm, empathetic versus being Pathetic and ridden with controversy. I've met any number of people who had very difficult relationships with their mothers. There was toxicity involved. And toxic relationships are not what we are about. We prefer the healthy kind. But sometimes you have to work your way through a thicket of issues to get to a place of harmony. And if there is restoration of harmony and reconciliation, God bless. Isn't that one of the goals of life? to heal the places that need healing and in that regard we have someone with us today our friend Malia Jacobs there she's she's not one to counsel you to wake up and smell the calamity <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried God bless you in the Beyond there but uh, Malia is somebody who believes in looking at a situation with particularity paying concern to uh issues that need to be resolved, because many times if you don't recognize them, you don't resolve them. And if you don't resolve them, you don't move on in life. You don't move forward. So that's a lot of what we're about today on the cusp of Mother's Day. But first, we would like to say hello to our
2: friend in the studio, Nathan.
1: We call him Nathan Detroit.
2: Nathan, Nathan, Nathan Detroit. Good morning and afternoon to you, Gary and Suzanne, and happy Mother's Day weekend to you and all the mothers or motherly figures out there. And I was uh, just about ready to, you know, slowly phase myself out because I thought that, you know, you weren't going to
1: be introducing me. (laughs) (laughs) We would
2: not, not Uh,
1: introduce you. There, It's okay for you to take a back seat when we're approaching Mother's Day. Any other time, you're front and center with us, senor. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i hope that nobody looks up to me as a mother
1: no i've been called that a few times and they weren't smiling when they said it but no. that's an entirely different show so thankfully meantime, we have
2: another's day later in the year for the fathers
1: right. oh yeah give us a month that's yeah. right you're darn right the divine feminine and then the divine masculine and to help us piece all of that together and break it down into its atomic particles and then weave together into a narrative that our listeners may find helpful. We certainly hope so. Let's go ahead and give Malia Jacobs her props and get her on the air.
2: Malia Jacobs is a Seattle-based intuitive consultant who provides insight medical intuition, and mental performance consulting for highly visible and conscientious peak performers, including entrepreneurs, athletes, and creatives in every discipline. Malia learned that when you ask, the universe will deliver what you desire, so directing your desire matters. Universe is also happy when asked just to show you how good it can get. Her book is As above so below and her website is maliajacobs.com welcome back to manson mitchell malia jacobs thank you so much both of you for having me back
1: and i have to say it's a shame that we don't have video at least for today we we haven't bought into that concept we do radio and when we're on zoom the guest can see us we can see the guest and it works pretty well on that basis but not being able to see you, the listeners are denied the chance to compliment you on your rocking good looks there. I mean, you've got the long hair going. I'm seeing a thinner version of you and you smile a lot more. There were times, uh, Malia, when I was a bit concerned you and I would be in conversation. And if I may say... You seemed a bit burdened. You you had the conversation with me, but it seemed like there was an inner Malia struggling with an issue or two. And now when I look at you here on Zoom, you're ready to party and let your freak flag fly, as it were.
2: Oh my
0: gosh. I love you too so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to be an excellent choice receiver of all those many compliments and increase my list tolerance and keep breathing.
2: You know, there's an art to that. There is an art to receiving because don't we all just kind of have a tendency to look in the mirror and think, you know, ugly, old, blah, blah, blah.
0: Peshaw. that thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: But but yeah, you know, we got to open up to what is good as well. And this is something Gary and I were talking about earlier. And it seems part of what it is that you deal with, with your clients on a regular basis basis is, um, you know, how to direct your attention to the things that are good and magnetize those things to you. When you're dealing with a lot of your clients, is it relationships that come up the most often or is it a a pretty good variety of things, Malia?
0: That is a really great question. The uh, I would say the first thing that comes up the most is uh the love stuff um it may not be directly why clients are thinking they're reaching out to me (laughs) um it may be livelihood related that they're they're asking for a livelihood focused session and uh what really is going on at the root of it may be a love relationship or the desire to have a love relationship or one that didn't get um resolved or have that sense of kind of closure to it or you know putting that to bed and uh, releasing letting go so that the livelihood can open up so it's love it's livelihood it's a lot of health it's a lot of medical intuition because health is the very first wealth and we can have wealth but if we do not have the health that's that's a sticky wicket
2: You know, I guess when people call you, they do have something in particular in mind, career, health, relationship, you know, whatever it might be that's up for them in the moment. But um, the way you just describe it, it seems as though these things are so interdependent that you can't really separate them out. You, You might think my question is about such and such, but it's really kind of a matrix, is it not?
0: It, it, it's actually a pie chart <laughs> that I created in my uh, signature system on page two, uh, just where it's at right now. Um, since it's always evolving, otherwise I would get bored um, and we don't want that. So the pie chart is a, ideally a balanced pie chart and you're right, it would be a balanced life, uh, livelihood, work output, um, impact, purpose, uh, style, adventure creativity travel there's different pieces of pie i assess where the percentage is and then the goal during the session that happens is like here's where the percentage is and how, here's how you get to 100 on that pie chart so ideally the pie chart <laughs> when i do the prep before the session it would take it off the if i turn it into a wheel took it off the page and rolled it down the hill it'd go a rotation and a half and it'd fall over on its side But the goal at the end of the session is to have this really robust, full pie chart, a balanced life with as much balance that one likes to have. And then that can be turned into a wheel and then that will continue to roll. And that's what's sustainable. So that's what I help clients do in one fell swoop, ideally
2: you you said a moment ago that some people may want to come in for a session on career and especially since you deal with so many high level people but that you found it had more to do with the love part. Yes. So does it does it seem to you in dealing with people and their pie charts that that love is the driver of all of
0: that? That is a a great way of saying it, uh, that love would be the driver. Yes, I do see that. Uh, What I see on page three, right next to the pie chart, which is on two, is uh, the trauma trauma timeline. So what I see with uh, people coming to me for love relationships or why don't I have our livelihood, but then the love thing is it's unresolved trauma. That's what I'm seeing over and over and over again, and I have for decades. on this trauma timeline so it's from zero from birth till however old they are right now so my intake is first name and age and that's it i don't need to see the person or know where they are i I mean it's helpful to know where they are in the world but um time zone wise but that's really all i need to do my prep and then boom meet up and uh delete all the effects of the trauma go through the trauma timeline and identify the family of origin stuff. And then what happened at these different, and I I walk clients through that. So at age three, there was this happening and that equated into this. And you learn that from your family constellation system. And then there was a pattern that started to repeat itself. And let's look at that pattern. And then this happened and that was a fracture. And that was a big divorce it looks like. And da-da-da-da. this happened at this age. And what was going on around about this time? And then by the time we get to the current age, it's okay. We we see the, these patterns and let's stop these patterns because these patterns are not advantageous. They're not helpful. They're harmful to you and uh, anyone around you. So that's what I help illuminate. And then I do some energy work that deletes all the effects of that trauma
2: forever. When you're talking about these patterns, and um you know you're doing some work to delete that it sounds fairly simple it it also sounds like you're doing the work How, what is the involvement of the person that you're working with do they need to do any work themselves to you know eliminate these patterns is it is it active or or is it more passive i wow another
0: Another great question. Uh, I used to say it's largely passive and, and it can be very, very passive. I can go six hours in a signature session and the client doesn't say a whole lot other than mm-hmm, this makes sense. Okay. I'll keep going. Great. Great. Keep going. It's all recorded and everything. Um, lost my train of thought.
2: Uh, we're talking about <laughs> what, what does the client need to do if, if you describe oh, that's a, a trauma, passive. especially... Passive from an early age um, that has maybe affected people's whole lives at different points in their lives, how is it that you can neutralize something that may have happened to somebody when they were, say, three years old and they don't even remember it? Because
0: like it'll show up on the trauma timeline. I will identify, okay, you're born at this time, that's zero. Did your birth have trauma around it? Like, was your labor, your mother's labor and delivery? Was that traumatic? How did you come into the world? Were you a cesarean? Were you, you know, that kind of stuff. And then age three, this happened. What what was going on? Da, 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 does this make sense? And then they'll say, okay, I was, da, 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 but I don't quite remember. But there was, and that resonates. So I'm not here to plant things into people's eye consciousness or anything. It's it's identifying Here's around about the age you were here's what was going on. And here, here are the players. And then it, if a client wants to have a little more of a less passive exchange, and um, I'm finding more of that, uh, especially lately, uh, more back and forth especially when it comes to this trauma de And then I do the um, I do a very uh, <laughs> a high level, a very thorough form of energy work that I've uh, Kind of created on my own after studying a lot of other different modalities over mm, decades of my life, I've, uh, crystallized it into one of my own. It's very swift and it happens during the session. So it can be utterly passive. Some people get one session, a signature session, and that's it. I don't hear from them till 10 years later and they're doing something phenomenal and fabulous. And they're calling to thank me, or they write a book about it and send me a copy. Some people I do ongoing and sometimes it's a two hour something, something bookended by uh, another by a month or something. So I can hyper customize based on the exact needs of whoever it is, who's who whose space I'm holding for, because this is not little stuff. This is big stuff. This is trauma. This is not denying that there's, you know, this darkness. I'm just choosing to look at the light. I don't want to look backward because that's not where you're going where the shadow side is, but I'm gonna de-rubble that stuff. I'm gonna journal. I'm gonna do the work. I'm gonna um stick with the winners. I'm gonna get with people that uh have done this before I've done it. Um I I I want to freely give to someone else what was so freely given to me. That's an outstretched hand. That's to get me to my first a meeting 28 years ago, or another type of something, something. It takes time. That's all it takes. It takes time and the intention and putting, uh, putting a hand out there virtually or physically in the real world. And I, I think we're in a culture with all the social media and we're together, but we're alone and some of the loneliest of us, I said this for years are in marriages surrounded by friends and family and people and oodles and oodles of people and lonely, lonely, lonely and sick and tired of being sick and tired, but not understanding where it's coming from and in a chronic state of confusion and what's going on and how come and uh, cognitive dissonance. And I don't understand. I feel like I'm a kitten trying to get out of a wet paper bag and I'm this is confusing. And mm, you know how cats with mice they they bat them around like that it looks like they're playing yeah
1: you know i think malia that's one of the great paradoxes of human existence that we experience this cognitive dissonance yes with these uh, it's almost like two ideas competing for your attention and vying for your approval or your understanding but we can be as you have just said we can be married or we can be in a large family we can can have a wide circle of acquaintances and associates, co-workers, what have workplace, you. Workplace and mm-hmm. yet, Workplace stuff for sure. And we will feel so lonely that we might as well be alone. And when I think about that and I run into that situation, it isn't my chief presenting problem in life. I have a lengthy list, but that's near the bottom. But when we talk about this paradox, it's it's how can we overcome the alienation so that in a room full of people we know and presumably love and maybe even say I love you, to whatever extent, we feel distant, separate, alienated from that person or those people? That's, one, that's a tough challenge to be so surrounded by people and yet feel alone as though you were on a deserted island.
0: You nailed it. It's... Paying attention for me to what someone is saying and then what someone is doing. And then biting my tongue and watching and listening and do the words, line up with the actions.
2: When you're identifying these uh, various traumas that people have, uh, is this something you're intuiting, Malia? How, do, how does that information get to you I mean I am not I
0: sure. I know I know the patterns now so I can I definitely can identify these specific things um it uh, when I tune in for sessions I'm connecting as if my body is their body especially with the medical intuition so when I'm feeling when I'm in, in tune with the a client I'm my physical body is feeling a lot of what they're feeling so just the other day I did something for um a client and their underage child um and I was with lots of information for the parent to get out to the um so they could do the best thing for the child and <laughs> Oh, this is what happens. I go into the the intuitive place and then the, the thoughts are, yeah, it's, it's getting flooded. That's why I often close my eyes because it's such a sensory overload. Right. And for a long right. time, I didn't even do sessions on zoom. It was Skype audio only because it's just too much. So um, thank you for your patience. Um,
2: when your body feels what it is that they're feeling I'm still wondering at what point you you can say there's something happened when you were you know three years old or four years old that seems to have a big effect on you all these decades later. If that's something you see, something you feel, something you hear, you know, which, which of the Claires seems to be the most prominent?
0: Clairsentience. sentience. I can sense it, I can hear phrases. Oftentimes it's paired with, it all comes at once a lot of times, and it can be challenging to kind of parse out how exactly I get the information because it comes so swiftly. So my job is just to get out of my own way and let the information come out in a big torrent of information. So I'll sense it in my body and then I'll say what I'm sensing. So for example, with the client the other day for the uh, child I'm tuning into the child's energy yeah. I'm, I'm I'm acting like and I'm expressing myself and uh, as the child is feeling not that the child's acting that way but the child is, was very much feeling that way so that right. was shining a light for the for dad which shined, right. shone a light on everything else and uh, resolved some other things that I won't get into because that's a private thing but it some things get resolve a lot of things get resolved and the patterns get to uh be more easily identifiable and when we start to notice that cognitive cognitive dissonance, I describe it like this whenever I walk into a situation now and I start to tilt my head a little like hmm what is that that's that's my first clue that is it that's 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 all that's all it takes if I'm I'm like hmm I don't is there something I'm not quite sure that's my clue. Hold up. Pay attention, Malia. What's happening?
2: What's going on? Um, A sudden intuition is what it sounds like. Mm -hmm.
0: It's a it's a it's it's a sense.
2: Yeah, when you're not when you're not
0: it's a palpable thing.
2: Focused, it it just comes to you.
0: Well, you okay? So here's a great example of that cognitive dissonance. For years, I would I used to laugh to myself why do these like hunters go out and think they're gonna they're finding mannequins laid out in the fields or something when they're on dateline because uh, you know i watched too much dateline um i'm like who's who's dumping mannequins in the fields for heaven's sakes well it's because they're our brains are not like we're not expecting to see someone in a, a body in a field when hunters find missing remains that's a very confusing thing and that's why they think they're they're looking at a mannequin because it's so out of context so it's that feeling of like what is that thing so if you're going into a situation whether it be a job interview or a you know meet and greet or a networking thing or you know speed dating or a mix or whatever the thing is boundary up and remember the boundaries are in here in your brain first the internal boundaries and those there's those concentric circles that go out from there
1: malia let me ask you if you've ever heard of a model you mentioned modalities and there are plenty of them out there have you ever heard of something called body talk
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah i've done body talk uh, i, I oh, don't i'm not a practitioner i've received body talk I participated and my body has talked.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm another customer there. But when <laughs> I got this, it was so interesting to me. I had several sessions with someone who was trained by the originator, man down in Australia, whose name I forget, but he, uh, he created Body Talk. And you'd think you were watching a wizard at work with this guy. And he trained this lady who moved to Sarasota, where Suzanne and I reside, and i went for i don't know how many sessions it was probably 10 or a dozen and what fascinated me most of all one time was that this practitioner since retired told me that there was something that my body was telling her about a big disappointment or a relationship issue or failure that occurred to me when i was 24 years old he said this happened around the time you were 24 it was the truth, only I never mentioned that to her, nor did I hint of any such issue. I got plenty of issues. I didn't need to talk about something from when I was 24. There, I think said, I know what it is. You well, <laughs> said your body is telling me that that's the issue that we need to clear up. It's something that yeah. happened to you at age 24. How would the chronology of something like that show up and become relevant in the course of a treatment session designed to promote my mental physical and spiritual health i didn't understand it then and i don't understand it now i just find it very intriguing
2: Hmm. did the
0: thing that happened when you were 23 get resolved when you were yes over time yeah Uh yeah yeah what through the um and how long ago would did you get the body talk
1: oh work. that would have been four or five years ago so by then i was already 30 anyway
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't look at day we're fabulous i'm gonna do a little energy work right now i did it for myself now i'm doing it for you and it's for i just deleted all the rest of that stuff so that's going to open up a channel for the next 72 hours and that will continue to delete 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 oh i don't the to return and just take some deep breaths in through the nose and out through the nose with the proper tongue placement.
1: Okay. Well, I will do that. And it's still a mystery to me, but the good kind, you know, it's not it perplexes me, but it doesn't haunt me. It's the kind of memory where I I just think that there's a, a, a universal intelligence that has an endless capacity to find and use channels for its own expression. And that becomes the stuff of human life. Maybe all animal life, plant life for all I know, but that intelligence finds its avenues, its channels. I'm always fascinated by that. It's It seems like such a universal thing. I wonder if it's endless.
0: You know, I don't normally talk about this or say this, but I am doing a lot of things I don't normally do. I have seen grids my whole life that I can't even describe what they are. It's a thing that not it's not like I can see you or something like the lamp in the bedroom or something. It's like a like a grid thing. And then I I have heard about it and I, I learned a little bit more and then I learned there's grid workers. I I've been working in a vacuum for so long, for decades. Um, I don't even know about a lot of different modalities like grid worker or, you know, these other things I know about body talk, cause that's been around for a long time, but there's so many new things out there that I don't even know what they all are.
2: Yes. Boy. Yes. A lot of modalities. Let's go ahead and take our break, Gary.
1: We are talking with Malia Jacobs about people, life, and how it all got that way. And so, Suzanne, if there are people who want to, I'm thinking of a couple of things, if they have an issue they'd like to bring up for Malia, wonderful. She is eager to be of assistance if she can. And maybe we can let her step up to the plate in your situation if you wish to share. And Suzanne will give a couple of numbers here momentarily. The other thing I thought of is if you have a sweet memory, if you have a healing memory, something that anyone would love to hear regarding your relationship with your own mother, inspire us.
2: Yes, you know, I would love that. It's something that's I more than entertaining, that. though
1: that's fun too, but yeah. that which will inspire us to do better and be better through yeah. the example of your own mother. Please give us a call and Suzanne has the numbers for you.
2: From anywhere, you can call area code 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. If you're in Western Washington, there is additionally a toll-free number at 1-888-298-5569. So go ahead, give Nathan a call. He'll put you in queue. And I especially like this idea of a a healing or a very sweet moment with a mother. That sounds wonderful. If you would like to call that in, we'll take our break and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Thank you for listening to Manson Mitchell.
1: Hi everybody. This is Anson Williams from happy days. And I'm so excited to tell you about American road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine, With all your itinerary, we could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please, get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash manceandmitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world famous most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-team of Alternative Talk is mansonmitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com that's terry at on friday manson mitchell welcomes Shepard Siegel to talk about the role of tricksters in society and how they challenge us through popular culture to take a closer look at the status quo On Saturday,
2: Lauren Archer, mindfulness coach and hypnotherapist, returns with fresh dispatches from the front lines of her forays into human consciousness. Bringing
1: you mastery and mystery since 2007.
2: We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150.
1: Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk, 1150.
2: Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest this hour, Malia Jacobs. Uh, Malia, if people would like to connect with you, do you have a a website and some social media or anything where people can find out more about what it is that you do?
0: Yeah, people can go to my
2: website, maliajacobs.com, or find me on
0: Instagram, Malia Jacobs, Malia Jacobs, pretty much
2: everywhere. Okay, excellent. (laughs) And uh, Malia is M-A-L-E-A-H, M-A-L-E-A-H, Malia Jacobs, and you can find more information about what it is that uh, what it is that she does.
1: Very well done. All right. So we look at at toxicity. I, I feel like I'm turning the coin over. I'm going from heads to tails here. When we talk about toxicity. In relationships, when we talk about people whom we regard, and this and this is self-reference. Whenever we say this, whoever we are, that well, that's a toxic personality. It seems to me, Malia, as though in order to define the terms for your own, for the benefit of your own communications, interpersonal communications, to say toxic personality is to use a term, a phrase. But aren't there a number of boxes that have to be checked off in order for you to really understand that you're dealing with somebody who, past a point, may not be reachable for purposes of your relationship? And maybe the indicated course of action is for you to turn around and walk away. Yep.
0: The thing I would say to that is, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And if you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. And I know that folks that have, that operate with this type of uh, operating system don't change. It, it's just not going to change. It's got to be someone that's really, really, really motivated to first identify that there might be a predicament going on, uh, that they may be well served by getting to a professional about, um, which sadly does not happen to the folks that are, let's call them, you know, extreme takers, fakers, whatever, it doesn't matter. I just look at the patterns. Um,
1: I think you're experiencing another download.
0: Uh, yeah. I think you were. <laughs> uh, yeah. they It's like, whoa, how does it impact this. It, the, the fast, I was just explaining this to somebody the other day. Uh, they said, how do you describe what you do? I said, I feel like I'm a satellite dish and I use the English language and I, do my best to explain tacit knowledge which is stuff that doesn't have words to describe it so that's why sessions take so long is because i've got to take time to relay this information which there's no words for it so it's just been interesting um and that's another word that is oh wow okay one of the most powerful tools that i have learned in terms of boundaries um is when we are seeing some of these toxic things going on and these patterns to put them in a frame like an actual picture frame or projected onto a movie screen to remove oneself there's a quote uh he who dines with the devil ought to use a long spoon that's boundaries i've
1: that's never boundaries. heard that one before <laughs> i think
0: that was um Oh gosh, it's it's somebody somebody said that. I'm gonna. Yeah, you
1: have a you have a a one in three chance of getting it right if you say if you attribute a saying like that to Carl Jung, the Buddha, or Groucho Marx. Take your or
0: or Einstein, right?
1: Yes, Um, Einstein. He's certainly not short of publicity. Yes, no,
0: certainly not. Um, One of the one of the greatest tools that I have learned is um, from one of the world's leading you know trauma experts uh in the field with over 50 years of experience for boundaries when we're seeing stuff like these patterns happening to just say to ourselves interesting interesting
1: well this is the witness self i've i remember reading about this in a book about the runes a tool of divination that it in one part of this book, uh, Ralph uh, Blum wrote this uh, many, many years ago, and it seems like there is something to be said for causing your, the automaticity of your thoughts, having that instant reaction, and working through something with your witnessing self. And I guess that's the prescription for fighting confusion, because if you jump to conclusions, you might go from conclusion to confusion. Whereas yep, and
0: that's exactly what people like that want is for us to be stuff like in a that show chronic in state moment. of confusion.
1: Yes, that's the cat well, that's with right. the
0: with the mouse. That's that. It's, <laughs> that's a strategy it, because mice bite, <laughs> and the the mouse doesn't want them to be bit, so they they wear down the mouse. It's a chronic state of confusion, exhaustion, chronic illness, whatever. What like it just knows no end, and it doesn't change. So. You got to make the bold decisions and leap and then it will appear. And sometimes it's just got to be that shoop, ripping off that bandaid, or there's other solutions that will get you through it until you can get, get the behind me. Mm-hmm. Go for good and all that's not the truth of you will fall away. So that's what comes up in session. And then that's what comes up with this, these patterns and the quiet observer and the witness scene and, oh, isn't that interesting? They didn't want to show me that about themselves. I'll be over here <laughs> observing from a very long distance.
1: Um, you know, I, I think people, if if they're able to do this naturally, they have a huge advantage in life. But this idea of detachment, there when you get involved, I mean, by definition, you're in the thick of it, whatever's going on in what, whatever kind of relationship, but if you choose detachment, it seems like you're choosing to absent some part of yourself and putting it's putting yourself in a place where you're capable of some measure of objectivity. That is not easily done for practically anybody I know, and it sure hasn't been easy for me there, but the detachment is extremely valuable once you have the courage to pull away enough in order to be your observing, your witnessing self. It's a, a, I don't know if it's a talent. I do believe that it is a skill. There's a principle behind it, but it needs to be practiced. It's not a one and off thing. Wouldn't it work? Wouldn't that be great? But it's not. It's a matter of continual practice, using emotional detachment in order to make better decisions, to have clearer judgment about your circumstances in life and the relative worth. This is the tough part, the relative worth of your relationships, because sometimes you say good. Good. And sometimes you really need to say goodbye.
0: Mic drop, moment, Gary Mance. You got that right. The detachment is perfect. Go for good, and all that's not the truth of you will fall away because I don't know what is my greatest good. I will go for what I, that feeling place, and that's what my my first book is about is as above, so below consciousness is cause. what we press down, press down, press down on, we're going to get more of what we resist persists. So I'm, I'm looking in the, I'm forward focused. I'm not looking in that rear view mirror. Cause that's not the direction I'm headed. Um, I want to be detached as to how my greater good shows up when it shows up, how it shows up, who it shows up through the timeline, the whatever I'm, I'm, I'm i know what i'm here for i know what i'm i'm here to do and i my job is to move forward in the general direction of my dreams dream adjacent is plenty because i get to course correct along the way and then i get to operate with uh faith in myself and the courage to be consistent and one begets the other there are sister aspects courage or faith in yourself leads to the more courage to be consistent with your spiritual their discipline mental practice or spiritual practice of the detachment and feeling the feeling and all of that, um, and the more that we we do that, the faster it comes. And then we don't have to wait until the thing happens, or we get the job, or we meet the person, or whatever we think our thing is, our greatest good is. I we're human beings. I'm gonna I'm a I'm in this human body, so I have a human brain. I'm gonna be a small minded thing because I'm human. The universe knows far more, far greater, far grander and moves mountains bigger than I could ever have possibly imagined. So I'm going to let it, I'm going to get out of my own way and let that show up and show off for me. And I will just do my best to uh, hopefully be a mental equivalent for a couple other people on the planet and do my work in the world.
1: And I'm sure more than just a couple other people on the planet. Here's another paradox. I brought up one earlier. I'll bring up another one we are encouraged by many people, particularly those whose thinking, whose personal philosophy is conditioned by Eastern thought, be it Buddhist, Taoist, what have you, but from the Eastern part of our world. And they say, be here now. And that's great. What what allows us to stop looking at that as a mere slogan? Because in New Age, in new thought, in various forms of popular philosophy, let's just admit that there's a lot of sloganeering that goes on. But when we are taught, ask any Zen Buddhist, you know, be here now, be fully in the present moment because it's the only moment you have. Okay, once I do that, how does that affect my ability to anticipate trouble or imagine solutions to? troublesome situations that are currently in development, and I can see that there's an end point that, oh, I'm I'm no longer in the moment. I need to be in the moment. And yet anticipation helps you manage probabilities. So I'm always kind of juggling those two concepts that seem irreconcilably opposed. Maybe they're just two different ways of looking at the same thing, there, but I've always wondered about how I can be in the how would somebody pull that off to be in the moment and yet anticipating things that are directly related to your personal welfare and personal growth.
0: Oh, wow, that's great. I would call that embodied transcendence, being in the world but not of it. Um, we can move forward in faith that all of these things are happening and be mindful of the desire, our desires and expectations and be mindful that they're in full alignment, meaning everything you're desirous of, you're fully expecting to receive. Here's where I think it's gonna speak to you. Um, and I see this pattern a lot, the expecting some stuff to go down that we're not desirous of. So that's what I mean by having those desires and expectations in full alignment. Um, and we can, I, you know, I used <laughs> to feel I still am a producer. I was just more of one a longer time ago. Um, so my producer brain has got my contingency plan and my, <clears throat> excuse me, my contingency plan for my contingency plan and all that stuff. You know, there's a, there's force majeure. There's that act of God that we can't plan for. So I'm going to trust. Oh gosh, this is something I read yesterday. Um, trust God, but lock your car anyway. Trust all but tie up your camel is something I heard and read just yesterday from de- about a, 12 years ago.
1: from a Was that a friend. guy looking for his lost camel? <laughs>
0: yeah, it was a, a coach that I was uh, a client that told me that years ago. Um, the uh, be here now thing is super easy for me because I'm time blind. So that means there's now time and not now time. It means I'm intensely present. But that's not everybody. So to your point about being intensely present, that's what we get to do is intend to be intensely present and give ourselves a lot of grace because we're human beings living uh, on this planet with the human condition. Yes. Churches, media, schools, primary caregivers, they tell us things, teach us things, model behaviors are, are, are true truth and they're not our greatest good and uh we get to rise up and rise enough does not have to hurt and if that's what you've been thinking if that's what you've been believing or that's the universe or god or goddess that you believe in then you get to pick a bigger god or goddess or universe to, to believe in
1: that's who's limiting god but us suzanne and i had a conversation this morning over our breakfast coffee we were talking about how human beings our, in ter- terms of the way we look at God, we say we are made in God's image. That is thoroughly ingrained in Western consciousness. You may even disagree with the idea, but you encounter it. And I have all my life, I spent six years in parochial school. You're not going to wash that stuff away. We are made in God's image, a little lower than the angels. And then I see the way that people act, both virtuously and then not so much, or in a state of confusion. And I think... Is it so much that we are made, because I I sure wouldn't want to worship a God that goes around confused all the time like an absent-minded professor. I don't think that would be very helpful to anyone there. But if we are going to fashion ourselves as being a little lower than the angels and we are made in God's image, maybe the reverse is also true, that we have an innate human tendency to make God anthropomorphic fancy way of saying we build a God in our image and then attribute and imbue whatever virtues or characteristics to a God overseeing the entire universe that traditionally he or he, she, or it created. And now what do we do with human problems? If we've created a God in our own image, seeing God as the big human, how do you get past that illusion to work on your actual problems in the moment when you are what you have to depend on. I'm not an atheist. I believe there's a divine intelligence back of all of this material creation. I really do. But I don't want to make God so small that he or she looks a lot like me. Then I feel my goose is really cooked. You know, I need to go (laughs) beyond. I want the eternal eternal virtues and not my moods of the moment to rule the day
2: and yet michelangelo made a god in his own image
1: yes he definitely did
2: <laughs>
0: welcome to the human condition we're all humans doing this whole thing we're oh what's that saying we're not human beings having a yeah well I, i'm jack that up because the dyslexia and the dyscalculia this, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Did I say that right? I think I did. Yeah, yeah it's we're only going to be able to describe it in human words and language and gestures
2: and such. Um, yeah, I think it's unfortunate though that we make the divine as small as ourselves because of the uh infinitude of the galaxy. When you, I, see these pictures coming out from outer space where we have never seen photos before the the i mean not even galaxies suns stars um
0: isn't that it's hard to fathom right
2: but yes but the larger 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 picture and it's it's so beautiful and it's so magnificent and and humbling around like little ants around here i've got ants in my backyard that i have to kind of work around as i make my way to the pool they have a whole big life going on out there getting the food you know bringing it down into the little ant holes uh you know doing all the things that they're doing and and i say to myself we do much the same thing and 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 we we think we're so much
0: better bigger than the yeah we think we're the only shown town because our prefrontal cortex and all
2: (laughs) but and you know that's not really true we're just like the little ants and we're just doing our little thing here and then you take the you look at those pictures from outer space they are breathtakingly beautiful and you realize how vast how really vast the entire universe is and and, you know, we're making mountains out of molehills over here by, um, you know, not accepting our our own divinity and then acting that way. I mean, we're, we're going right to what it is to be a bad human, bad dog, bad dog, bad <laughs> human, bad human. Yeah, you, know, we, you just got to the root of think- the root of the root of it. Don't you think some of the humans ought to get a little newspaper on their snouts once in a while? Because, mm. you know, people do funny things. And, well, you know, I'm only human. Well, that's kind of a cop-out, you know. I why agree. Don't you, why don't you be a little bit better than that?
0: Because yeah, let's not uh, come up with excuses.
2: Right. We're but rather, at... you
0: know, there might be an
2: explanation, yeah.
0: but mm, let's be in the solution and yeah. clean up our side of the street.
2: Because so exactly. that's
0: what i get to be responsible for is my side of the street yeah. i can't even look across the street because that's somebody else's thing
2: yeah well <laughs> and that's that's true enough that's true enough we all have things that we can work on on our own to you know clean up our own messes and
0: uh and, you know, and gary to your question yeah. about the how do you work on a problem something something
2: yeah. i would
0: ask yeah. what is the problem? And I commit, that's a rhetorical thing. Like, do you think you have a problem?
1: I may then have that, a problem. That may,
0: then that you may know. be the problem.
1: Yes, that, and I so have any think number have of problems problem? at any given time. But I like to remind myself, you know, thus far, pretty blessed there. So I may have a multitude of problems. I don't. And I specifically say this to everybody in hopes that you will put it in context for yourselves. Having innumerable problems. Problems doesn't mean that you have even one tragedy. Do tragedies happen? Watch the news. But in terms of your own life, maybe you've lived through tragic circumstances and you've gotten this far dealing with them, coping, hopefully overcoming, but you're always going to have problems to solve. I think it's one of the rules of the game. If you're going to take on a body, including a brain that sees and hears and speaks and thinks, there in order to deal with aspects of yourself that is that are directly related these problems these situations are directly related to your capacity for growth as a spiritual being in this case having a human experience in that sense you can welcome problems nobody likes tragedy unless you're watching Shakespeare there but in terms of the actual life that you're living Most of the time, on any given day, you are dealing with problems that are solvable, and if they're not, you can still manage to live a happy life. That does not equal tragedy. So let us deal with our problems without exaggerating their significance, either now or necessarily in the future. Now, there is a trick to learn. It's something I Mm -hmm. believe anybody can do, but it takes a lifetime of work. You keep on practicing.
2: And we will have to delve into that question at another time. We are running out of time. So thank Malia for coming on today, Gary.
1: Malia Jacobs, (laughs) you're a delight anytime. You just look so good, so healthy and happy to me. Bless you a thousand times over. I can't wait to talk to you again.
0: Thank you. You're so welcome. Happy Mother's Day to both of you. And thank you. Thank you for having me back time and time again. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. All right. And happy Mother's Day to everyone, wherever your moms may be.
2: Yes. And join us next Friday. We'll do this all over again next weekend.
1: Until then, have a wonderful, happy Mother's Day weekend, everyone.